Welcome to your typical Shono protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kells, and this week we're talking Fruits Basket Season 2. Oh my God. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It has been a long, long November. <laughs> you are telling me you we started this month watching Fruits Basket Season 1, and we're ending it with Fruits Basket Season 2. And let me tell you, uh, it's a great show. Season 2 got even worse than Season 1. I was not ready for this. Um, yeah, man. just I, It's a bunch of crazy shit, and it's great, but, ooh, it gets, it gets pretty wild. I love it, because it's like you just don't expect... Like, me going into Season 1, I did not expect it. Like, and the name... Like, you, you have an episode in season one which tells you why this is named Fruits Basket, but at the same time, you're like, it should be named Why in the Hell Am I Watching This? It Hurts, But I Can't Stop Because It's So Good. Yeah, man. Uh, child Abuse and Recovery, the anime. Yes. And again, you know, if you watch the first one, you already know, spoilers, but there is a lot of stuff in this season, too. It is big spoilers. So, for yes, sure... It- if you don't want to know what happens in the love story, go back, listen to season one after you've watched season one. Take part of the show and then come back. We are going to talk about all of the crazy shit that goes down, um, and it's pretty great. Yes, so you have been warned. Spoilers have been dropped or going to be dropped, and now we are going to get into it. So, season two... So, Yes, season two. Yeah, season two takes a closer look at the Zodiac members as a whole and Toru. And like you said earlier, I said it was about their demons and trauma that you struggle with. And you're like, it's child abuse, which yes, it's fair. (laughs) So totally. This is one of those shows that is the pinnacle of shoujo. Um, with its its hard focus on relationship drama and like, how different people interact, and and like right now in my life, I love that shit. Um, you know, uh, Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl. Senpai was great. Yes, uh, Fruits Baskets is great, but Fruits Baskets is really dealing with less like the perils of adolescence and more the perils of like family abuse and societal expectations and like how do you the person deal with all of these like negative events in your life and still come out okay ish and the crazy thing is what the premise of the show if you look up the synopsis you're like okay this would not be at all like real life like this is probably the anime that i've watched which is the most real life like I've ever watched. I don't know about you, but like this deals with some a lot of real world problems, I feel like. And it handles it in a lot of real world ways. Like it doesn't feel like it's being handled like a fictitious anime route. You know what I mean? It feels like these are yeah. realistic reactions to real things that happen in real life. Totally. I think that the the sutra, the supernatural aspect of it just being about the Soma family, certain members of them turning into the Zodiac animals when when hugged by the opposite sex. Like, that's the only supernatural and, like, strange part about the show. Everything else is set in the real world. Like, we look at a show like uh, Angel Beats, 
which has a very like heart tucking story, but it's set in like purgatory or heaven where these people who died have to come to terms with their death. And it's sort of supernatural in a way. Like this stuff couldn't actually happen. It's not set in the real world. And we know that. But certainly with the heavy topics that Fruits Baskets deals with, um, along with it being set in the real world, that these are real people dealing with real problems, and some of them just happen to be supernatural, and it's more of a problem than a solution to their problems, uh, makes it so great in their ability to tell the story. Yeah, and it like really deals with the... Like, it's, I don't know if there's like a real, there's no set way to deal with abuse, but like this show, I feel personally deals with mental abuse and the other types of abuse so well. Like, I'll put it this way. It's, it's like, we've seen two thirds of the story and the third story, like I have complete faith in that this last third that's coming out next year is going to for me, submit this is one of my favorite and one of the best animes I've watched because of the way it takes such a real topic and explores it and also gives you, like, I feel like a lot of this stuff is, like, actually, you know, like, it's crazy as it sounds. I feel like watching Fruits Baskets could help you deal with a person who's been through a lot of mental abuse. Certainly. That's all um, I take. It, it, it's... <laughs> It's great for giving you a perspective into something uh, in a medium that you want to partake. That's big, right? Telling yeah. difficult stories in a medium that you are interested in actually like partaking in is a great way to reach people where they are. Um, and I I agree with you totally. So we had we had discussed uh, off air like not only does the show deal with like trauma. And, and like coping with trauma and finding yourself and dealing with the fact that that is a part of you, but not the only part of you. But also like in, in all of the characters of this show, which there are like 13 Zodiac members, 12 Zodiac members. 12, yeah. 12, uh, 12 plus a cat. Oh, so yeah, um, 13. That we, we have the opportunity to see people in the, in the different stages of dealing with trauma, right? So you've got Yuki, who is on the back end, like t the time between the traumatic event and him coming to grips with who he is and who he wants to be and what he wants to do with life and having like actual goals and dreams. Um, we're in the latter part of him coming to terms with that and like being okay. But, Equally, we, we see, like, the very beginnings of that with, like, Rin, the horse uh, Zodiac, who we only just meet this season. Like, she was at the end of season one, but we finally out find out about, you know, who she is, what happened to her, um, her relationship with the other Zodiac members, all that shit. Yeah, and it's a wild right. Like, and you even see how, because we see... Uh, Momiji, who is the bunny, we see how the what has happened to him has affected, like not only him but the others around him and his family, which we'll get into 
a little bit later, but I thought that was really cool how this season two took a, like, even characters we thought were already well introduced and that they had, like, enough of them, like, we saw enough of them. Like, it was like, no, you didn't. So I'm like, this is wild because it's like a roller coaster that keeps going up, Mm -hmm. which I'm terrified of roller coasters. So this will be fun. (laughs) So on a top down level, I want to talk about right quick um, the fact that right now at the end of season two, we are 50 episodes in. And I don't feel like any of that was wasted time for me. I agree 110%. It's like the story is so engaging and each relationship you you are mildly bought in at least that you are excited to find out what happens. And there's no major fight scenes. There's no big explosions, but it's all wild and crazy in its own way. And it had me hooked the entire time, um, which is exactly what you want from a show like this. No, most definitely. It was every moment felt like it was utilized. Every character, and I made the joke earlier, it's like if a character has a name, they're getting a backstory and they're getting development. And it was a joke, but it was 100% true. because It's like the one piece of shoujo, except it doesn't take 934 episodes to get to the grand piece. Holler. The grand line? The one grand piece? Li- one piece, yeah. yeah. They got to the grand line in like 400 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, like totally. Um, and 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 because you, they tell such interesting stories about all of these characters. You're okay with that fact. Yeah, which like that's the same. So, like season two also has a lot. It does a lot in the relationships and the mm-hmm. relationships between our main three protagonists, Yui or Yuki, Toru and Kyo. Like where we left off in season one. We saw that there was that development or that bond between Toru and Kyo. And we get to see that expanded, but we also saw Yuki kind of looking out on the outside in. So it's like, okay, like what is going to happen with this cluster? Like this three way dead, not a three way deadlock, but like this love the, triangle. The, this triangle. Yeah. 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 So, and I feel like here's where the spoilers come. Um, in this season, too, we see that there is, like, a lot of development. Like, a lot from even, I would say, from Kyo opening himself up more to Toru. Now that he's, now that Toru has seen her, or his demon monster form, he's like, okay, there's no point in hiding anything. So he becomes to be more transparent. It's also shown, which I really liked, that Toru hides more of herself than she shows, it seems like. Yeah. Like, and, that was what I was really hype about this season. That Certainly, that you get a glimpse of, of her, her true feelings. And, you know, we, we know she's trying to hide all of her problems so that she's not a burden on others uh, because she takes this sort of motherly role. But for the fact that sometimes it slips out, and, and certainly in her relationship with Kyo... Uh, you really get a feel for the fact that she does have some manner of romantic feelings for him, um, which we haven't seen a lot of overall through the the span of this show. Um, Also, in Kyo coming to grips with like his feelings for uh, Toru, he's also dealing with the fact that at the end of his school time, 
he's going to be locked up just like the old uh, cat spirit. Yes. So he knows, like, he, he's super downtrodden, except for when it comes to Toru. And that was another reveal that we got this season. That was a hot take. I need to stop calling it hot takes before that catches on. But we saw in Akito being trash, we saw we found out that the reason Kyo tries so hard to beat Yuki, because if he can beat Yuki, he won't be locked up for the rest of his life. And no one else knows this except him and Akito. So that was, again, another level of development that we saw was that, you know, there's actually a reason to him keep challenging Yuki time after time. Like, because I thought that was just like a weird trope or like he hated each other. But didn't seeing that, I was like, okay. And I feel like that happened at the right time in the story. Like if we had Mm -hmm. known that from the beginning and if Yuki had known that, like I like the fact that Yuki doesn't know that. Yeah, man. Um. And and so another like point is we find out, you know, so uh Toru has this hat. And in oh, season hat. one, we find out that it's probably um Yuki who gave her the hat. You know, some little boy with gray hair helped save her when she was lost when she was a little kid. And he left this hat, and she keep she kept this hat. And then later on in season two, we find out what happened and how uh how Yuki got the hat. It was actually Kyo. And Kyo was like, hold on, and uh Shisho, I lost my hat. He rounds the corner. Yuki's got it in his hand. They're both tiny children. And Kyo's like, oh, the rat's got it. I don't want it anymore. And then he runs off. So when Yuki mentions in passing to Kyo, by the way, Toru has the hat now. I guess I don't have to give it back. It's like wait a minute, more relationship drama. (laughs) Yes, it's like, it's all like there's, like they've been intertwined before they even knew it, which was so crazy. And the crazier part, which this does happen in season two, you just had to pay attention, that Kyo actually knew Toru's mother before she passed. Yeah, man, I think I remember this. Yeah, it was sort in of. the hallway when he punched through the window. Like, there was that was Toru's mom. Like, I always thought that that was Kyo's mom since Toru's mom and Kyo have the same hair color. I was like, okay, this must be, you know, Toru. This must be Kyo's mom, but it's not. It's Toru's mom. So. I feel like in season three, we're going to find out more about that relationship because now it's just teased that he did indeed know her. And when you go back to season one, the funeral episode, he felt you had um, homegirl who dressed in black, Ayate, I think her name was, or Ayama, who always dressed in black, wanted to know why Kyo's waves were so disturbed. So we're it's a callback to that. So I'm just really excited to see everything that's going to happen with this story because I'm telling you, man, it is is a very well-crafted story. Yes. Um, So our other main character, Yuki, we find out, like, his relationship with uh, Toru. And that, like, towards the end of season two, we find out that he realizes that his love for Toru 
is not in like a romantic sense. He realized what he was looking for the entire time was a, a parental love, someone to care for him unconditionally. Um, a and mother. that's what, yes, uh, a motherly love. And that's what Toru had provided for him. Yes. And that was, and his, and this whole realization of that is again done really well, in my opinion, is because it's like in a flashback in the episode, he's having a two point flashback to where we see his whole backstory with Kyo and him meeting Honda as a child. And then him realizing, and when he goes through all this and he's like emptying his feelings and everything, he acknowledges, you know, that those two are made for each other, yet Toru and Kyo, yet they have so much like separating them. Like he, he just can't be like, okay, Kyo, you can have her because he won't really, he worries that Kyo won't really appreciate her. So, well, see, I, I, I would I would say that certainly um, Yuki sees that Kyo views Toru as a woman. Like that's how they phrased it. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where they're they're Kyo is not in a position to do something like that, and neither is Toru. Like they are both dealing with the circumstances of their life and are just now coming to grips with the fact that they could have these feelings for someone else uh, yeah. in this capacity. True. And that's what we saw. We saw them both realize it at two separate intervals. We saw Kyo realize his feelings for Toru first when he was getting assaulted <clears throat> by Akito, the bitch. Um, I hate Akito, if you can't tell. Um, we saw that assault. Fair, fair assessment. Fair, fair assessment. assessment. So... He was like, Akito was like, you love her, you love her. And Kyo's like, I don't love her, I don't love her. And then he's like, has this realization, oh crap, this is how I feel. Like, and then Akito's words backfire, which was the sweetest karma that I could hope for. It was like, Akito is so self-destructive to all of Akito's goals. And it just makes me, it makes me as a viewer so happy. Because I'm like, yes, yes, you horrible, horrible creature. Like, you're out here thinking you're traumatizing but belittling everybody, but what you're really realizing is, yes, Toru showed me these feelings and affection, so I can, I need to protect her. I need to do what I can. So in Kyo's sense, it's like a forbidden love for him, but it's also his saving grace. Mm-hmm. And for Toru, on the other hand, she realizes, you know, a few, maybe 10 episodes later down the road when they're on a trip, when Kyo is acting some type of way, and Toru's like, why do I care? Like, why do I feel this way? Like, why do his words hurt me? And we see that also for me, that was like, okay, so we see that Toru really doesn't latch on to what people say or treat her too much. So the fact that she is seeing these like emotions and like wanting to like be in the reach of Kyo, where she actually does reach out for him, which is something she hasn't done before to anyone because of her life, how it's been. And she starts to be like, okay, what is this? And then in the last episode, we see them like, like this beautiful cinematic shot. Like, you know, it's what I'm talking about when they're like, or no, that wasn't the last episode. That was Cinderella's the end of the play. Like yeah, when yeah. they were walking their separate ways because 
that play itself was such a moment because you saw like they did deviate it from the script because <laughs> and that's when they were both like wait does he know does she know like what's going on because <laughs> Toru finds out that Kyo is going to be locked away and like that's her main priority like it's yeah I gotta break the curse for everybody else but yo my homie about to go on lock up for uh, 24 to life so that can't happen we busting him out. <laughs> so she Man. goes. And that whole play, Cinderella-ish, when um, Utani is like, all right, I'm going to be a prince, and then I'm going to take a, 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 a scene for me to yell at the crowd telling my uh, like one-off boyfriend that I've seen three times to come <laughs> find me. Um, who we find out is actually a Soma. Um, what's his bucket? Uh, Kurino. Yeah, Kurino, the year of the rooster. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And, and Kurino is like, I have a duty to be a, a Soma and a Zodiac. And I, I've decided I won't go see her anymore. And I will stay by Akito's side. And in this conversation, we also find out that Oh my god, the curse can be broken. Yes, like, so, fast forward to the end, in the truest fashion, we find out that Kurino is free from the curse. Free from the curse. And, like, the way they do it is so cool to me, because it's like, you see the birds, and... Honda, like, realizes it. She's like, wait, why are the birds not coming to you? And she has, like, a flashback of, like, everybody's animals interacting with them and not being able to leave them alone. And she's like, the birds, the birds don't come near you. And Kurino grabs Honda and embraces her. And the look on her face, I was like, shout out to the animation team. Like, you did your job. Like, and he's, like, explaining what happened. And you're like, okay, this is obviously the biggest, like, this is obviously the biggest thing that's going to happen, right? Like, we got two minutes. (laughs) We've exactly, we're at two minutes left, and then we get two more enormous swerves, which we'll get to at the end of this episode. Yes. But we find out that the curse can be broken, which sets us up for season three. Um, But it's like more relationship stuff. Like, there's a reason that he can't go see. Uh, Utani-chan. And it's like, this poor, oblivious girl who can't know about the perils of the Soma. Um, and, and, uh, Toru is trying her the most she can. She's like sneaking into the Soma estate trying to get this information to him. And it's like that commitment for a friend is mind-blowing. Yes, and the fact that she thinks she's going to get arrested is completely adorable. Um, <laughs> so we see, and while she's like breaking in, because Fruit Basket loves to give you that story within a story, like, <laughs> I can't be okay for five minutes type feel. <laughs> no, so, there are no breaks. So while she's there trying to break into Cronin or to give the DVD of the play to Carino, 
Like, she sees this person who looks exactly like Momoji, and she's like, oh, it's Momoji's little sister, but she can't know that, Mo- like, this can't happen. And the little sister is like, I'll show you where Momoji is if you're looking for him. And this is where my heart was like, oh, no. Like, because this girl is like three, four. And she's like, he looks just like me. Like, that's my brother. And she's like, dad said I can't see him anymore. But man, (laughs) yeah, when she's like, can you ask Momoji if he'll be my brother? Because he looks just like mama. And I want a brother. Yeah. She's like, goddamn. That poor bastard, uh, Mama G. Like, and and the fact that he's like, "What are you doing here, Taru? Like, we have a thing to not do here." But you know, uh, Toru tells him about his little sister, and she he's like, "That warms my heart." Life. I know I can't do anything about it, but I'm glad that she knows she's trying to find me, and I can't can I can't stop her. So that's great. Um, while we're on side characters, let's go ahead and talk about all of the side characters that we learn about. Yeah, okay, I'm completely down for that. Um, so the first we got Ayame, which is Yuki's brother, and the season starts off is like, hey, this is we see in episode three, we see more of the dynamic between Ayame and Yuki when they come to his shop, and he makes he makes. I don't want to say drag clothing, but he makes dresses for men, and I think just dresses for anyone. Honestly, I, I think it's more of a uh, more of like a kink shop and a cosplay store than it is like just cross dressing. Okay, yeah. So that's what he does, and he has this assistant who helps him, and she like kind of steals Toru, so the brothers can interact together. And you see, and you kind of learn more about Ayame from his assistant that, like, he regrets what happened, like, or how he treated Yuki as a kid and how he, like, pulled away from him when he was out reaching for help. And you see that he's taken steps to kind of get back there. And then later in the season, which is one of my favorite moments, is when we see Yuki's actual mother, who is somewhat trash. Um, because, you know, she sold her son to basically Akito for, like, status and fame in the family. Yes. Because that was Akito's favorite, so she basically abandoned him. Well, not basically, she did abandon him. So Yuki's always had, like, a fear in these reservations about his mother. And as he tries to confront them, the mother is being, like, very like standoffish and was like oh he's like i got his life determined for him like and all this and when the height of this is happening in this teacher parent teacher conference that they have um ayame walks to the door (laughs) and he's just like changes the whole mood and he's like being disruptive and everything and the mom's like arguing with him and he's like can you shut up we're trying to decide yuki's very important future here like (laughs) and I was like, this character progression, like, this moment between these brothers and the side character that I did not really care about in season one has given a full 180 to me giving an absolute fuck about. Yeah, man. And and just the fact that we see him trying but not knowing how to, like, execute on being a brother now, but it also not being too late for him to, like, help. 
And when, like, right before he busts in the room, Yuki's in his own head. He's like, I can't fight my mother. Like, I don't want this, but I don't know what to do. Like, I can't stand up to her in front of my teacher. And then, boom, Ayame comes through the door and just makes a whole ruckus. And then Yuki's like, so he does care. Yeah. Someone actually cares about my input. He's like, and then he's like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to choose my own school. And his mom storms out the room and I am is like, what, what are we going to do? What can we do about it? There's nothing we can do. And Yuki's like, no, you know what? I'm going to go talk to her. I'm going to go tell her how I feel. And he does. And it's like, wow, that's pretty great. Yeah, and then later we see, like, just that interaction again because Fruits Basket is a pro at this. We see him, like, going back to his mother and be like, hey, I want permission to have a cell phone. And she's like, sure. And then she's like, you know, don't stay on your phone too much, which is the first piece of motherly advice that she's offered him, like, ever. And we see these, like, little subtle changes, but things are starting to shift, and we're like, oh, my gosh, like... It all, like, like you said earlier, like, it doesn't, nothing is wasted. Like, all of these 52 episodes, all, like, every minute is a drawback or sets something else in motion. So, I love seeing that. And yeah, the next side characters we have are probably my two favorite outside of the main cast, which are Hatsu and Rin. Like, so, Hatsu is the year of the cow, and Rin is the year of the horse. And... If we're going on top three tragic backstories in Fruits Baskets, <laughs> it's like Kyo, Rin, and Yuki are tied for me. Like I can't, like I can't tell you this one was worse than the other, but I can tell you I was not prepared for Rin's backstory. Like I knew nothing about it. I didn't read any source material. I just went in raw and Jesus Christ. <laughs> so. She got merely rocked. <laughs> like yes. So the the story was, um, Rin and Hatsu had this sort of secret relationship. So Rin starts out being abused by her parents, of course. So like there are like three things that can happen to you as a zodiac child. Either your parents can abuse you. Either your parents can kill themselves or they can be perfectly fine parents. And we've it only seen the latter once. <laughs> Twice-ish? Well, yeah. The younger um, two. Yeah. The younger two and um, with uh, Kagura. Kagura yeah. has a mom and she's not crazy. True. But her dad was um, like, screw this and left. Yeah. So... With Rin, we run into the thing where her parents are putting on this front and they're trying really hard to not be crazy. And then the 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 mask breaks and they're like, you're a burden on us. We hate you. Please die. And so, like, she has this whole complex. Like, she gets put in the hospital. And her parents don't come in the hospital to, like, get her. And like she's she's separated from them. So like the only one that stands up for her is her friend in Hatsu. And 
like later on that turns into a romance, but that romance is found out by their god, Akito. And Akito was not having any of this shit. So Rin has to go and meet with Akito, and Akito's like, I'm gonna murder one of you. Which one is it gonna be? And she's like, I'm the one who seduced him. It was me. And, she, and Akito's like, I hate all women. And it's and then and then Akito pushes Ren out of a fucking window. Yes, a three-story like window, it looks like. And she falls onto some jagged stones <laughs> and like very graphic imagery of like the stone impaling her through the back and just yes. her like bleeding out everywhere. Like and and like we have seen this scar on her the entire time, but we didn't like the question was what caused this? Like she was in the hospital and we see this scar because of the, the clothing choice she makes, but we don't know what caused it. And when we find out it was Akito pushing her out of a fucking window, it's like, God damn. And like, and that's just like, and that is like a pretty, you know, no one is in what's the true, like spirit of fruit basket. No one is an asshole without reason. So that implies we're going to get to a point where we're going to find out what's the matter with Akito. And I personally, I'm like, listen, you can't sell me on like, <laughs> on feeling sorry for Akito at this point. Like you're going to have to do some pretty amazing <laughs> things to make me feel. And you know, I don't doubt that fruits bastards could make me do it, but it's going to be a hard sell because Akito has like, you pushed, you push Ren out the window. Like, Ren, best girl. Like, she... Ren, I felt so bad because, like, she had a taste of the good life, but it wasn't real, and all she simply did was exist. Like, that's all any of them did. Like, and that's why Fruits Baskets is so, like, so painful because all these people are doing are just living. That's all they're doing. And, like, boop. Man, and and we find out that something had happened where Akito turned crazy. And so I'm curious what that's going to be. And it's going to be okay that we don't like Akito anyways, but we're going to feel something about, like, we're going to understand, which is the worst part. Like, I don't want to understand. I just want to hate this bitch. Yeah. But, um, no, with the fact that, like, we see Ren being real standoffish and we find out kind of why, it's all still to like protect uh, Haru and the rest of them from getting involved. But her, her goal is to also like break the curse. Because if she can break the curse, then Akito can't like hurt Haru. Yes. And we see her team up with um, Toru to break the curse. And they've made an alliance towards the end of the season to, okay. We're going to go ahead and we're going to do our best to like in this. So and that's also Rin brings out this part of like Toru, which is really interesting because this. um, So Toru ends up becoming, you know, friends with Rin or at least acquaintances and makes her some jello. So she goes, delivers the jello to the hospital and Rin's like, why do you want to break the curse? And Toru like 
goes to say it and it's like, what? Like she can't like she can't say it. Like there's something you know, it should be simple. Like she should know what she wants, but she can't do that. And that's like really I wanna say the first time we see like I wanna say like a dark side of Honda, but like we see like a traumatized side of her, I would say. And later in that same episode where Rin is in the hospital eating the jello, and this one really messed me up, she talks about how like she feels so bad for kind hearted people like Haru and Toru because they often like are hurt and abused the most. And she hopes that like Han Toru can find someone like she found Haru. And then it pans back to the Soma house where Toru is. And we see this like dead look in her eyes as she like goes to open the door, like grabbing a pillow, like in search of help. And then she just closes the door. And I'm like, okay, like something's going to snap in Toru in season three. And I'm ready. I mean, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm not ready for Toru to be hurt anymore. <laughs> I mean, um, me neither, but I'm like, I want to <laughs> see what happens when she snaps. But no, I think that certainly it, uh, my take on that scene was her not realizing like the specifics of why she wanted to break the curse. Like it, uh, she had not even thought to admit to herself that it was about um, Kyo. Like, wanting to save Kyo specifically, as opposed to, like, freeing all of the Soma family members. Yeah, that's fair. That was the facet that I really saw there. Um, But we're not going to get the resolution of that, certainly till season three. True, Um, true. So, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Uh, Shigaraki? Yes. Um, That was a fun one. Yeah. So, the teacher, um, who, again... (laughs) Like man, out of nowhere, man. I know that's like, all the, I was, like we know her name. Like <laughs> So the the teacher of uh Yuki and Toru and Kyo's class, um, like was always a G and just sort of didn't take shit from the students. So we sort of knew about her, but we didn't know like her being connected to literally everyone. Um so apparently uh, she was the best friend of Hattori, the uh, the uh, sea the seahorse spirit. Yeah, uh, the doctor of the Soma family. Um, when he had a a girlfriend that got him, you know, his eyeball murdered, and she went crazy from last season. Well, that girl had a best friend, and that best friend was our teacher for some reason. Yep. And so, but she always had like feelings for him. Like she was in love with Hattori. Um, that was like, that was like her secret crush, I guess you could say. Like, oh. Yeah. I mean, when you have feelings for your best friend's boy, I don't think that's like acceptable. Uh, in terms of doing anything about them. Uh, but, like, she she didn't want to act on those feelings. She was happy for her best friend. And and they both seemed genuinely um, 
happy to be in a relationship together. So she didn't like want to do anything that would stop that from happening. Yeah. Um, and now that like the circumstances are her best friend's married and has no idea about her relationship with Hattori because her memories were erased. Um, Mayoko is like, wait a minute. I have a chance to confront my feelings and not by my own choice. So, um, Shigure, our dog spirit and, and owner of the house where all of our somas, uh, live, all of, all of our main characters live. Um, like sets the whole thing up where Hattori has to interact with um, Mayuko. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I can't pick up a book. It's not ready. I'll just tell um, Hattori to come back and get it. And he tells Hattori the wrong day purposely because he sees Mayuko there. And so he comes and he's I, like, and I just feel I, like her, what's that? I'm mad that it was all of five minutes from <laughs> Shigure getting there to Hattori getting there and like making the situation that much crazier. Yes. And the fact that there's so much like you can tell that Mayuko really cares about Hattori because of just like the like A, she kept something that he gave her on a whim like years ago. Like I think it was at least two or three years ago. This had to be, or maybe even longer, I guess. So he, she kept that, like that memento. I think it was like a handkerchief or something. And like he, she sees that Hattori is sad, even though that Shigure says, oh, no, he's happy. He's dating someone, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, why do you look so sad if you are going through all this? Like if life's okay, like it's okay to be happy. And then she just like cries for him. Like a whole ass child. And he's like, are you misunderstanding something? And then it's like, okay, this new ship has sailed. Like, but I'm here for it. I didn't even know that like this was a ship that like was even remotely possible. But whatever. It works so well. <laughs> like, and yeah. And you just see little glimpses of that the rest of the season when Shigure, when Shigure comes to... Uh, Tora Hunt, like Toru's parent teacher meeting because both her parents are dead and her grandpa and her grandpa <laughs> yeah it's on the verge uh, <laughs> gotta got always mention that Toru's parents are dead <laughs> um so yeah no it, it's a fun thing where everyone's connected and it's like I didn't expect that but I'm glad that exists now yeah it's um, it's very fun We've covered Momichi and his sister, sort of. Uh, Momichi's whole life is set up where he can't be close to his mom uh, and his little sister because his mom will go crazy and try to kill herself. Um, so his dad's like, hey, kid, I will put you up if you just don't ever see your mom or sister again. Which I and feel Momichi's like... The, like... Go ahead. Uh, I said, which it's kind of like... Because I feel like the dad does love Momichi... Which is like so hard, like because he yes. seems like he's legitimately in pain when he has to like say all this stuff to his son. Yes, certainly. I I don't think that uh, Momiji's dad is a bad guy, but it certainly it's it's just a terrible situation all around. 
And it's terrible that Mumiji has to be the one that has to be responsible for his mom not killing himself. Yeah, he has to be the um, martyr. Which which we have seen in Kyo. Um, that Kyo's mom didn't die in an accident. She killed herself. And, like, no one acknowledges that fact. Everyone just calls it an accident and blames him for it. Like, it's some kid's fault, right? Yeah, and how he's hesitant to tell, like, Honda or Toru that, which was like, I thought was like, okay, that's interesting. Like, you know, and Toru's like, oh, I didn't even know. She's like, she stops for a second. She's like, I didn't even think about their parents because I'm always talking about my mom. I'm like, yeah, Toru. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll circle back to that. Uh, But Miji's story is super sad. Um, It's almost bittersweet. You know, because his sister does know about him in some sort of, like, intrinsic way. She doesn't know, but she does. Yeah, she's like, I'm uh, not dumb. So on our on our list that we've got here, uh, also Machi. So Yuki is the student council president, and one of his student council members is uh, Machi, who is this sort of standoffish girl who we see is sort of, like violent with tantrums like she wrecks the room the first time you see her or we we come in to a room that has been wrecked by her and she's like i'll clean it up my bad but we find out later that like she is the sister of the other student council member um who is the vice president and uh yuki's like now best friend yeah we see that there's, like, that Maki has, like, she has a similar, she has a similar situation to Yuki. Like, that, you know, she has all this responsibility and everything thrust upon her when she just wanted to be a kid. And, you know, they can relate to each other because they have, like, this... And she also, like, the thing that's so interesting about Maki, she's the only one, like, even Toru... As much as she loves Yuki for who he is, she still sees him as a prince. The only one that still sees Yuki as like what he is seems to be Machi. Yeah, man. When she hits those girls who were bullying her because she didn't like respect Yuki as the prince, she hit him with the, he's not a prince. I think he's an airhead. And he asks really strange questions. And it's like, Yuki hears that and he's like, oh my gosh, she doesn't think I'm great. But almost like in the, that's what I've been hearing the entire time. But then she's like, and he seems lonely. He's like, wait a minute. She's seeing through the facade. She's seeing the real me. Yeah. So it's really cool to see that, you know, they just didn't take the whole like, oh, it's a lo- like Kyo loves Yuki. Or, well, <laughs> wow, it's good to see they take that route either. But to see that, oh, Kyo and Honda are a thing. So let's just stick Yuki with some random person at the end, like the last five minutes of this season or the last five minutes of the series. It's good to see that there is a character who is better for Yuki and who understands him and can give him what he needs. And also, he can help her. Like what I like yes. about all these relationships and fruits baskets is nothing seems one sided. Everyone seems like 
they're a perfect fit for each other because they can help the other with something what they're going through. It doesn't feel like anybody's just getting like a crutch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all of those that we do see that are a crutch fail. Like we see them fail. We see that like with a uh, Hitori, the fact that like such like wild and crazy shit happened to him. Like Akito cut his eyeball and his girl at the time uh, like couldn't handle that. So she went crazy. So like keeping that relationship going in the way it was, was one sided because the other person could not handle the circumstances. Um, and as tragic as it is, we see a relationship fail. Uh, but certainly with like uh, Yuki and Machi, with Kyo and uh, Toru, we see them being mutually beneficial, them being consensual, and all of them working towards being better. Um, I love the fact that like when Machi is like talking to them, or talking to Yuki, or like having a, like a flashback or something, and it's like, did you keep the, you kept the uh, leaf I gave you? You made it into a bookmark. He's like, oh, that ain't important. It's just a bookmark. It's in the way. It's too big half the time. And then we like, she's like, I never had a favorite color. I didn't have anything but being the next family head. I fucking died. I was like, wait a minute. I know what life is like where shit is so crazy for your entire young adult life where you don't have time to be concerned about favorite colors. I'm like, holy shit. That speaks to me intrinsically, goddammit. Um, so it's really cool to see that, like, just because his pursuit of Toru has almost come to an end, um, his story and, like, other people haven't, like, that that threat has not stopped, right? Yeah. Like, it's cool to see that he's still getting development, that he's still going forward. Like, I love that. And I love that now we have this character in Maki who we get to see more of because her story, to me, is as interesting as Yuki's. So I'm like, okay. Like, and the fact that, like, she's... <laughs> so Yuki sees that, like, okay, so you have a red thing. So red must be your favorite color. And she's like, wow, he remembered that question that he said. And I was like, mm-hmm, facts. Like, this is how it goes. Like, things happen. And... I'm, I just, I really love Fruits Baskets. Yes, I, I agree. So let's run over some uh, moments to mention other than the characters we've talked about. Uh, first off, Kyo's dad is a cunt. <laughs> um, not Shisho. Not yes. Shisho. Shisho is the goat. Yes. But you, uh, Kyo's biological dad is totally worthless. Yes, he's like, you should support this monster being locked in the cage. And Shisho... Who was actually showed Kyo's dad to like, nah, man, like, I'm not gonna do that. And you were never his father in the first place. So I'm like, woot woot, praise the Lord on that. And another moment which hit like a load of bricks was the whole summer vacation trip. The entire vacation trip, man. You thought it was a joke. You thought it was just fun and games. Wait till Akito shows up and ruins everything. Yes. This is like the first time I guess we really see like the like fear and disdain of Akito. And we also find out that they can't literally defy Akito because Akito is a god. 
Like to them, like anything that like they can't disobey Akito. And Akito straight up claws Toru's face. And we know how like everybody feels about Toru. And they can't do a single thing about it. Which is scary. Like, and I was like, oh shit. Like, this is you know, this is this is the opus right here. Like, I'm going to protect Hor- Toru. I'm going to make sure she's okay. Except for the one thing that probably wants to hurt her, I can't do anything against. Yeah, man. And, like, also on that trip, we saw we saw a lot. We saw, you know, Yuki being like, I ain't going to be a hoe no more. Like, I'm going to go and, like, create my own path and be happy. And Kyo's like, I love Toru, and that's okay. And, you know, Ren's like, I'm going to stalk these people for about a good five or six episodes. So that is what it is. And man, but like after we get done with the summer vacation trip, like the scene with uh, Kyo and Kagura, where uh, Kagura is like, hey, I when at the end of season one, when I watched Toru run after Kyo, and him going berserk mode, I watched that from the window and I realized something. I realized that I only loved him because I felt bad for feeling like an asshole. And so she goes to confess that to him, that I love you. I started loving you because I was ashamed. I was scared of you in your cat form and I felt gross about that fact. So I said, I'm going to love him, goddammit, to make sure I don't feel gross anymore. But it was a selfish love. It was a selfish reason to love. And she's like, I needed to tell you that. And and go on. And Kyo's like, you know, even though that that was selfish, even though that you were disgusted with me, I was still grateful for you playing with me as a kid. It didn't matter why, but the fact that you did meant a lot. And he's like, thank you. And she is like, oh, my God. Like, I actually love you now. <laughs> well, and I think I think she always has, like, loved him. I think that in that moment, she was like, I, even though this started out of like selfish reasoning, I actually have grown to genuinely love you, but I'm not the right person. And her reaction to like him saying, I'll never love you because she's like, this is how I feel. And he's like, thank you. I'll never love you. And even Kagura acknowledges this is because of Toru. Like you've changed and like even you being considerate and letting me cry it to you. It's all because of her. Like, yes, that's tough. Like, that's rough. Like, and she then goes home and her eyes are puffy and her mom tries to console her and is like, hey, it's going to take two. And she's like, no, this is my pain. Like, this is all mine. Like, and I was like, what a moment. Like, yeah, man. Kagura was a G. She was like, no, this, this joy and this disappointment is all mine. I won't share it with anyone, uh, which is not an overall healthy thing to do. Want to throw that out in the universe? Yeah, don't do that. But, but 
it, this was such a healthy thing, like a healthy confession. And like this came from them hashing this shit out and like being adults and like knowing that these are our feelings and this is the outcome. And while it's not what either one of us wants, it is the best for both. And her then going home to like reconcile that fact within her own mind, um, was pretty great. It was, it was really cool to see that sort of like, um, growth in her, you know? Yeah. I loved it. And another good moment, like I had just briefly mentioned earlier is the school trip to Kyoto and Toru straight up realizing, yeah, I, I love Kyo, like, or at least I feel a type of way about him. Like, Mm-hmm. that I don't feel about anybody else. And from that moment on, from that trip, like, and I love, like, the animation when it, like, kind of stopped and, like, they, like, held hands and I'm like, okay, like, I'm feeling some type of way. And, like, it was really, it's really, I just, it's like a good relationship. I'm just like, even though it hasn't happened yet, it's like, okay, like, I'm so ready for season three. Like I'm so ready to see the fruits of everybody's labors. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready for, you know, things to be resolved and like curses to be broken. Yeah. To which wrapping this sort of up, like coming all the way back to Kurono, breaking the curse and the big reveal at the end of the season about like the fact that you can break it and he has no idea how he did it all he knows was he did it you know at a at a younger age 15 ish um and um akito was like oh my god someone just i just lost somebody so akito was like don't don't ever leave me don't don't ever leave me you can't leave me um and he was and uh Kurno was like, yeah, you know what? If anything to make you stop crying, I'll do. I'll stay with you. And then we find out he stays with Akito. And then it's like, I stayed with Akito. And even though I like embraced Akito in a, in a way that was sensual, because we get this like image where it's like, oh, well, they fucked. Great. Akito and Kurno fucked. Great. So that's what kind of show this is. <laughs> And then they're like, Akito is a sad woman. You're like, what? Yeah, even Toru's like, what? So it was like. And then they end the show. And then it's like, season two, done. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is pain. I'm like, I have to wait. <laughs> like, the good news is it comes out every spring. So we only have a few more months. But Jesus, it is. Huh. <sighs> Like, it is rough, like, waiting, so, but, yeah, the big reveal that Akito is a girl, and so we, we gonna see, we're gonna see how season three happens, like, I have a lot of, like, inquiries, but I just wanna wait and just see what happens. Yeah, man, I'm not watching. I'm not looking anything else up in this <laughs> wiki. 
I'm not finding out anything else. I'm not even watching the trailer when they drop it. Same. I'm waiting for this show to be released. Same. I don't want to know anything. Like, I'm normally super inquisitive, and I'm like, no, I won't do that. I'm going to just, like, wait until everything folds out. Like, I just want to know and see what happens because this is this is quality. This is one of my favorite anime that I've ever experienced, and it's, it normally takes a while for that to, like, go up on my favorites list. But this one was like, yeah, we're... We're entering the fray in the top 10. Yeah, man, I, I totally feel it. Um, watch Fruits Baskets if you are ready or are not ready for some relationship drama. Um, it will make you fucking feel things all the time, and it's great. Yes, I highly recommend this. And also, like, the intro and outros, I felt like were a lot better this season. Yeah, I, I would say that the the fourth intro finally got me with uh with home. Yeah. I was like, all right, no, that there it is. You know, I've been waiting for this. And I realized that I'm not the demographic for uh shoujo intros. Um but this one finally got me. Yeah, I and the OST, like just like the moments yes. like the OST is by far the strongest part of like the music of it because like at the beach when like homeboy Yuki's like yo like thank you and you have that music the music when you see Kurino being like the birds don't fly away from me or the birds don't come to me because I ain't and Zodiac no more like all the moments like Rin and Apollo are on blood <laughs> like we love that whiskey mm, what you say <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh um, but no, man, the, the music is is banging the entire show. Uh, my only sort of gripes were the the intros and outros. Yeah. But no, I think they finally hit it with a, the uh, fourth one for me. Uh, hopefully, season three is just as good. Um, final thoughts, totally watch it. Uh, make the time. You won't feel like it takes 50 episodes. You will feel like, why is there not 50 more? Yes, and it will make you feel some type of way if you get past the first episode zog we're talking to you yeah jesus christ uh but that's been fruits basket season two here on your typical show of protagonist you can catch the show on spotify itunes apple music is that still a thing uh amazon podcast overcast whichever podcatcher you prefer and on twitter at your tsp that's u-r-t-s-p Kai, you got a Twitter too? Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads with a Z, and that Z is because I'm cool. It's true facts. And we'll catch y'all next week for, oh my God, we're actually doing it. Um, Sword Art Online. Season one, because season one or all? I, like, what do you, you want to do? Season one. Okay. Season one. It's like, we need, to, we need to milk this cow for as long as we've got it. <laughs> yeah, season one, part one, episode one. <laughs> please don't stretch it out that long but yeah we'll uh we'll catch y'all next week for sword on online please help us bye